Hey loves, I'm Constance DeGroat of First Generation Healers, and I'm here to help you discover the healer within you. Today we'll be talking about Psyche and Eros from mythology. Eros is also known as Cupid. Don't stop believing from Journey is something I think about every time I read the story, because it is talking about how when we desire something, we have to go through all these different challenges and not release that desire because our desire matters. The word psyche actually means soul and eros means desire. Soul and desire are said to give birth to pleasure. These two gods are destined to give birth to hedone, which means pleasure or bliss. The sacred union shows us that when you with all your soul follow your desire, you create pleasure and bliss in your life. Psyche was the youngest of three beautiful daughters, but from the rest, she stood out as the most beautiful. People from faraway lands would come long distances to worship and see her, to bask in her beauty. She was treated like a deity. Aphrodite heard of this, and she became increasingly jealous and angered. The goddess was outraged and decided to punish Psyche. She ordered her son, Eros, to make Psyche fall in love with a monster. Ready to fire the arrow into Psyche, Eros caught sight of her beauty, and as he watched her sleep, she stirs and it startles him and he accidentally injures himself with one of his own arrows. He fell in love with Psyche and lost sight of his mission to have her fall in love with a monster. Aphrodite couldn't let the princess go without any punishment. Psyche would remain single. Unable to marry his daughter, the king brought her to an oracle, who said his daughter would marry an awful-winged monster. The oracle was an oracle of Apollo. You see, Cupid's arrows were not just for making people fall in love, they were also made for making people fall out of love. To not desire a person. He had two different arrows. Cupid used these arrows, and Cupid is arrows, remember. He used his arrow that would make a woman fall out of love on Apollo's woman that he loved. So this made Apollo very mad. Apollo was made and doomed to love a woman who would never love him back because of Eros. Out of bitterness, the oracle did something that no oracle should do. She added her own opinion to the reading. So this made them believe that a great monstrous being, an actual monster physically, these people were picturing her marrying an actual monster like a cyclops or something, not someone that had committed monstrous acts. To avoid a curse falling upon the kingdom, the king listened to the oracle's directions to leave Psyche at the top of a mountain for her monstrous groom. She was dressed for both a wedding and a funeral with her procession. Psyche was abandoned by her family near the abyss where she was to take a leap of faith that she would become the bride of a monster. And the Zephyr, the West Winds, when she leaped off that, that cliff, caught her and brought her to her destiny, a palace in the clouds, more beautiful than she had imagined. Gardens of immense beauty. No gardener, no human being as a gardener could create this. She had invisible servants who heard her every desire and helped her. Every night she was visited by her husband, in the dark. She never was to see his face, and this was an agreement that was made. 
He hid in the shadows, and in the darkness, they felt like equals. She didn't feel like he was a monster. She kept with his request, for ignorance is bliss. She asked if she could visit her family. The family thought she was dead. Eros let her go because if you let something go and it comes back, that's how you know that that person loves you. Jealous, her sisters mocked her when they heard about the palace. Their jealousy grew stronger and they told her, I know it looks wonderful, but the oracle said he is a monster. They assured, they assured her that she was mistaken, that she was disillusioned. She mistakens their jealousy as them caring for her, and she starts to doubt the happiness around her, the palace, everything. She starts to doubt her own senses, her own intuition, and she starts to look for problems everywhere in what she wants, in what she desired, in what she has in her life right now. Her happiness is doubted. Once again, she feels like she doesn't have enough, and she wants more, because her curiosity is getting the best of her. In the story, Psyche gives into her curiosity, her doubt, and it nearly destroys her relationship. She loses trust by listening to the doubts of others who do not wish her well. The phrase, curiosity killed the cat, unnecessarily getting ourselves involved in other people's affairs. Have you ever doubted a relationship and looked for proof due to someone else's doubts and fears? Their own issues within them being reflected out, projected. Heed the warning. Look at where the words are coming from that you are trusting. Eros, he has desire, and she doubts her own desire here. Does worry create great decisions? We have to ask ourselves. What you created from worry, does it stick? The opposite of worry is mindfulness, and we should always approach our issues, our doubts, with mindfulness. Because we can always find plenty of proof that we are correct and that we can trust ourselves. She decides to do shadow work, exploring her own ignorance in the dark, not knowing what her husband looked like. So she's told by her sisters to take a knife and to shine a light over her husband and cut his throat. The seed of distrust is deep within her. It's planted and growing. So when she approached the bed, she realized that he wasn't a monster. This beautiful being could only be a god. She accidentally pricks herself with one of Eros' arrows, and the shock from the arrow causes her to drop some oil from her lantern onto Eros, waking him up, frightening him, with the knife being in front of his face in the light. For they had had their... This is a breaking of trust between Eros and Psyche, because she did not trust him in the darkness, in their bond. Fearful of his identity being shown and his mother finding out about what he has done when he has not completed something that she wanted, he no longer also has control of the situation and he flees for he has no control of Psyche. Like any shadow work that you do, shining a light will bring out your fears, but there is a great gift in them of having what we truly desire, and that's being authentic. That is what we find, that Psyche is discovering her own strength throughout the rest of the story. And the part that everyone doesn't seem to talk about is that she is pregnant throughout the entire journey that she takes, even in hell, or the underworld is what they call it. Psyche goes after him, for she is just, she really has fallen in love with him due to the arrow. 
and she cannot help but just want to be with him. Psyche dedicated herself to Demeter, who tells her to go to Aphrodite to ask about Eros. She told her to offer herself to Aphrodite and to apologize. Now remember, they are married and she is also with child. She is not treated well by Aphrodite because Aphrodite does not like her and she is not where she expected her to be. She has fallen in love with her son rather than an actual physical ugly being monster who would have destroyed her life. So now she feels like this woman has come to destroy her own life. So Aphrodite is laughing in her face. She pulls her hair. She does all these awful things that you don't really picture the goddess of love doing. The actual story is pretty awful as to how Aphrodite is portrayed in this form, but every god and goddess has a bad side to them and a good side to them. She's even calling her a whore and all these other different things. She is very unpleasant. Remember, Aphrodite does not want her to succeed. She feels like this woman is responsible for a lot of her grief and continuously now responsible for her own grief when she did something crazy herself that caused it. So the first task that she is given, first, she had to go to the granary and separate the grains that were completely mixed. In the original story, there's Venus, Aphrodite, actually mixing up a bunch of grains in front of her and making her do it. So with the help of ants, she finished the task in record time. Ants are organized and diligent workers. The grain and the ants remind us that we must make room for what we desire, and what we desire may at first feel like chaos, but we can create order. We can create room for what we want in our lives. We're also allowed to seek help in achieving what we desire. Ants are also intuitive. And in this task, Psyche is learning to trust herself and not the words of others. I really have to share with you the Jungian interpretation of the seeds. It's taking stock of what you have and all the possibilities before you. Dreams require a plan. What are you putting together with all the possibilities before you? Or are you only seeing the negative possibilities and not seeing that you can have what you desire? We are reminded that we can have selectivity in our desires. Aphrodite was outraged when she saw that, that this task was completed quickly. Aphrodite ordered her to bring her wool from the most dangerous sheep. So the river god advised her to stop trying to control the situation. And if she waited, the sheep would go through some bushes and their wool would stick to them. She could pull some wool from the bushes. And she learns patience is required when we desire something. When we feel heated, scared, and frustrated is not the time to act on what we desire. Sometimes taking action looks like taking a moment and then forging forward with a clear head. The task reminds us how our desires aren't completely in our control. We need to trust our desire is manifesting. There comes a point when you have to believe no matter what your desire is going to manifest. The next task she was given is to get water from a source, the Styx. The Styx is a mountain that goes, not a mountain, a river that goes into the underworld it leads to. And it goes seven times around. So the waters has to do with cycles. You're repeating patterns. You're repeating patterns in your life if you don't learn from them. They can actually get in the way of your desires. You have to be conscious of these patterns going on. But I love the interpretation from Jean Bolin, 
who is also into the Jungian beliefs. So that this is our desire to create, our creativity, going through cycles, and we must be patient with our creativity and see that there is actually, this is my own take on it with creativity, that all around us there is inspiration and to just flow with it, to trust that inspiration will come to us. Something I love here is that an eagle comes to help her. What do we know about the eagle? So each god and goddess has their own animal that represents them. This is Zeus, Jupiter, who comes to aid of Psyche. I am sure you have heard of the term eagle eye focus. And this part of the story reminds me of my animal totem deck of how it always talks about the cards talk about the bird's eye view being vast, this huge focus. Challenges will happen when you want something, but you must keep your eye on the prize. Like Psyche, there will be dragons there focusing us in on the one part we are struggling with, completing to have what we want. But we must focus on the bigger picture. That one task that is difficult is one small part of our journey. We are reminded that sacrifice is part of receiving from the universe of giving. Her last task is to go to Persephone in the underworld and fill a box with beauty. With the completion of this task, Aphrodite would give her her blessing and her son. She knew no other way but death to achieve what she wanted. Ready to throw herself off a high tower, she hears the tower speak to her. So this is a high up place. So how I perceive this is to be her higher self-awareness, what I believe represents her higher self. The higher knowing tells her everything that she will need to complete the task, the coins, the cakes that she will need, and she must use her own discernment and journey alone in this last task. There will be no help other than her inner knowing and the advice that she received. In the tower, she receives guidance, but she is the one who must go into the underworld and do this task. No one can go with her. The tower also represents how we desire quick fixes to have what we desire, but quick fixes are rarely long-term solutions. As a society, we have this idea that we must suffer to have what we want. We can find an easier path that can take longer at times, but it gives us peace and ease to know that we will have what we want, what we desire in our divine timing when we trust the timing. So giving her two coins to the ferryman, she crosses the river of lost souls, known as the river of pain and woe. The tower had warned her that she would be asked for help on her journey, but she must harden her heart and continue forward. This represents how we can get distracted with helping other people, of seeing others suffering around us and forgetting our own suffering and our own needs and wants, and drop the task that has led us to what we desire to stop doing it, to stop going after our dreams because we get distracted by things around us. We ultimately get lost in helping others achieve their desires, which may or may not actually make them happy and forgetting our own happiness. A soul pleas for her help, and he lacks the resources to get across the river to what he wants. She says no, saying no reserves her own energy for herself and her own resources. She only has so many coins with her. She would be stuck in the underworld if she were to help this being. One of the distractions is the fates, the past, present, and future. So all the possibilities and all her fears. But she chooses to also pass them and not help them. If she were to give them attention, 
her fear of what could be or what was in the past and could happen now, then she would be distracted and she would possibly not complete the task or have what she desires. She must refuse and focus on her task. She was given things with nothing to hold them in. The cakes from the tower and the box and the coins and the box may not even be that big to hold any of these things. We carry things that we don't necessarily have a carrier for and we can feel heavy at times taking on more than we can. So, but we must make it known to others when we must focus on ourselves and when we are going through our own transformation, our own underworld. You have only so much energy during hard times. It's okay to say no and use it for yourself. This is represented by her carrying her own tasks and she must complete them. She must put herself first in these circumstances. She cannot make room for the suffering of others to take it on as her own. I want to come back to the phrase, curiosity killed the cat. The original phrase was, care killed the cat. Sometimes caring too much destroys us. Give only when it feels good for you, when it doesn't deplete you, when it doesn't take away from your own life source. Meeting with Persephone is meeting with rebirth in our underworld. How the hard times in life can help us uncover the person we truly desire to be, our authentic selves, that higher self she met in the tower, is coming into being. Upon completing the task, she returns the box. But before she returns the box, here's the catch. Curiosity strikes her again. She has her own doubts, her own fears that are taking over. She opens the box, hoping to get some beauty for herself. This reminds us how distractions, last-minute self-sabotage, can cost us what we desire. But desire, Eros, comes to rescue because he has his own desire, his own wife. And he goes to Zeus, who offers her the food of the gods, which is known as ambrosia. And they are wed in Olympus under Zeus. So Jungian interpre interpretation sees this as the journey of consciousness and the soul, which I can definitely see. I can see this in the archetypes shown, traveling through maiden, mother, and crone, the journey of the female, through the cycles. So desire isn't a bad thing. You're allowed to want. Explore saying what you want, and no matter how ridiculous, just have it out there in the universe for it to be known. And let others know who may give their own opinions to you and make you doubt yourself or your own desires and cause conflict that you're just wanting them to just hear you, to listen, and you're not looking for judgment or opinions. Because honestly, we have plenty of that within ourselves. So things to remember that we learn from Psyche's story about desire is to not trust the words of others as being true, to truly trust our own knowing within ourselves, to create room for what we desire in our lives, to not just purely want, but to know that we will have to reorganize our lives to have what we want. Then to also trust and have patience that not everything is in our control. To remember the serenity prayer, the serenity prayer, that there are things that I cannot control and I will just have to believe that what I desire will come into being through the things that I know I can control. To also remember the cycles, to remember the cycles that we go through. Every time a new opportunity comes into your life, you're going to go through all the things that you have a hard time as far as challenges are going to be your shadows showing up. 
those things that you have a hard time dealing with are going to come back again. And you're going to have to love yourself through the journey and just flow through. And then the very last thing is that we have to go into our own underworld with ourselves coming first. In hard times, you cannot give so much energy to everyone else's hard times. You have to give it to yourself. You have to love yourself first and go through that journey so that you can birth what you truly desire into the world for you to have. Distractions cannot have your attention. If you have only so much energy, you can only give so much energy. And you're allowed to give that energy to yourself. You're allowed to say no so that you can be happy and you can have what you want. For in your own true happiness, you have more to give to the world. So that is all I have for you on this great story. There is so much more I can interpret. I have read it so many times and I've seen so many different versions of it being told. So there's many ways to go about the story. I would love to hear what else you find in the story of Psyche and Eros. So the story of soul and of, I just drew a blank, soul and desire, which create pleasure. So let me know what you think. Share this if you love myths. Myths are amazing stories that have us go into our own psyche. So no pun intended, that is what myths do. So that we can myth bust our own troubles, our own problems, as we see here with our own way of holding ourselves back from our own desires, whether through the outside world or within our own selves. I have short intuitive coaching sessions that are currently $50. I do a reading for you and then we meet for 30 minutes to go over inspired action for you to take in your life right now to move you towards what you truly desire. I might as well call it a psyche reading, shouldn't I? So I have that going on and then the Morgan Circle is coming up, which I'm really excited about. The Morgan is amazing to work with to claim your power in the world, in your own world and have what you desire again. So we have that coming up, and then we have Thor. Thor is an amazing god to work with for protection, and he is all for the children, which is just amazing. Lightning speed. So I also have a lightning reading for you as well. That is just through text that you can get too. And I also have some other circles I'll be adding on. And look out for the Psyche journey that I will be having as a meditation that you can purchase. All this month in the group, I am doing stuff that has to do with shadow work. We are also embracing self-love also. As you will learn in the podcast on inner child work, why that is so important to embrace both. Enjoy the rest of your week and embrace your desires.